0: they're they acting like ask, they know i know are they gonna ask
1: like where's the baby are they gonna say like you know they're gonna because you it's just, especially people you don't run into on a regular basis yeah um, and that was it's like so if you don't know what to say still reach out and say i don't know what to say but i'm yes. sorry and i'm here for you i think that is better
0: than being silent when i loved the first thing well actually before you even get to the like here this is what things you can do you say keep it honest and simple
2: Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to
0: us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to Rebel Heart Radio. We're so glad you guys could join us today for this important conversation. But first, we want to do a quick review from Sierra Mays. That's my girl. She says, everything, yes. Freaking love these girls, down to earth, and so real. Ten stars, if I could. Thanks, Sierra. We seriously appreciate your guys' words. It means a lot to us to be able to see the responses back from you guys, because we see you listening. We do. We can see them. So thank you for listening. But your words also mean a lot to us. So thank you so much. If you guys get a chance, head over to iTunes and give us a review. That's where we pull all these from. And we're just loving seeing them pour in. So thank you so much. So today... We have Liz Winters on our podcast, and we hope you guys get to enjoy this conversation. It is a very deep, meaningful conversation for all of us. But Liz is Liz Winters. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified pre and postnatal coach, unapologetic foodie and mama. She's the owner of Liz Winters Wellness, an online platform dedicated to helping women move through all walks of motherhood with ease through meaningful fitness and nutrition programs, healthy living support, and hundreds of delicious recipes. No, seriously, go check out her recipes. They're so amazing, especially for the fall. I just drool over all of the things that she's doing for fall. After the unexpected loss of her son, Liz set out to change the way women walk through pregnancy and infant loss by creating the support programs, well, this fucking sucks, The Grieving Mama's Guide to Postpartum Recovery After Loss, From Speechless to Supportive, How to Support a Loved One After Pregnancy Loss. I think that those two different programs have been especially wonderful to see as I was definitely on the spectrum of I would have loved to have something out there that taught me how to help somebody through this it was uh, difficult to watch liz go through this time in her life but i hope you guys take this conversation as a moment of empowerment for everyone involved and that we can all start opening up this conversation for a place of healing and love and comfort so sit back buckle up and get ready for a deep conversation
2: welcome everyone to this week's episode of rebel heart radio we have our dear friend liz winters of liz winters wellness on the podcast today and we are digging into some heavy shit today so be prepared uh <laughs> some heavy shit so liz has a massive beautiful program launching today. October 10th is when we're recording this. Deep Uh, breath. It will be launched by the time you guys (laughs) through this, which will be in two weeks, List. Don't worry if you have tech. Okay, okay. good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's called, well, this fucking sucks. uh, The grieving mama's guide to postpartum recovery after loss. And I am so unbelievably floored by the free resources that you've made to help people along, but also this incredible paid program And I can't wait to just dig in deep into it because one of the things that like kept coming up for you that I just was, I'm just, was just watching, this is not something I've been through really even indirectly. And, um, the thing that kept popping up was that there were just no resources available for people who have gone through this or for people of those in their lives who have gone through it and, um, and all the resources out there were so disrespectful of of what you were experiencing and what your reality was after loss. Or not enough. Yeah. Like, just not enough. Uh, so anyways, Liz, welcome. You're going to put all the much better words to all of this stuff than I ever could. <laughs> um, tell us about your program and tell us about what led you to make it. And I know that's a very big question and you're just going to be talking for a while. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for having me here. Um, yeah. So grieving mama's guide. Well, this fucking sucks. Um, yeah. So I, I guess you need backstory because it can't just be like, this is the program. Um, (laughs) but I, I lost my son, um, almost a year ago this month. And, um, I had a really uncomplicated pregnancy, really healthy pregnancy, really strong little babe in there. Um, I worked with a midwife team, but I also worked with like a more, um, conventional care team. And there were no red flags about anything that was happening. And, um, on October 29th, <laughs> I, that day will forever be like ingrained in my brain. Um, I was eating dinner with my husband. I was like, something feels off. And I'd felt kind of off that whole day. But again, it was like, at this point I was, 38 weeks, five days. So I was... So everything feels weird. Everything feels weird. Like the end of pregnancy is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's just a waiting game. Your body is exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, And Elliot, my son, was a very active baby in utero. Like he would like punch, kick, jab. I would joke that he and Edith, uh, my daughter, my daughter um, would be fighting before like he was
2: even <laughs> born. <before. laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, and uh, it was, I mean, and she wasn't obvious. She was obviously not hitting back, but it was just kind of funny because anytime that she would come over and talk, uh, talk to the belly, um, he would like, punch, kick, jab. And I was like, this is pleasant. Um, and <laughs> every evening, he would like, do a song and dance basically is what I called it so I was like gearing up but I felt kind of weird this whole day and um we were eating dinner and it was kind of late and I was like wait a second like Elliot hasn't shown up for his his show he's he's missed the car the curtain come on and um all of a sudden I like knew something was very wrong and um I did like all the tricks of like go lay on your side. And usually you'd eat something that I'd literally just eaten dinner and like babies sleep. So if anybody who's like experiencing like, Oh, my baby hasn't moved in the last 20 minutes, babies take naps. It's okay. Um, but this was concerning because I was thinking back on my day and I was like, you know what? He has not been particularly active all day, which wasn't incredibly concerning during the day. Cause he was never active during the day. He was a, a night owl. Thank you, child.
0: Oh, yes, <laughs> wonderful. Because sleep is not important for you, <laughs> right?
1: Um, so we we called the midwives, and um, they, you know, asked us to move around a little bit more, see if we can like just get him to move, and if, if he wasn't moving in the next like twenty minutes or so, to go ahead and come in. And so we opted to go in and drove into Southeast Portland. Um, had to wake up Edie. So at this point, because it's like ten o'clock at night at this point, like I'd been in the shower at that point, and. Um, took a shower and I told Shane, I was like, if something is really wrong, like I am not prepared to handle it. And I think I knew at that point, like that, that something was very, very wrong. Um, I had gone in for a low fetal movement, which is what it's called with Edith's pregnancy. Um, but mostly because I didn't, I mean, she was just positioned differently. And so I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. It was a first pregnancy. Um, but this felt very different. And I can't really describe physically what it was, but like emotionally or intuitively, I knew something was very wrong. So we drive in and the midwives are trying to find, um, his heartbeat on, um, with the Doppler and they think they find it. And so instantly, like all of our fears are like totally washed away and, um, but then they're having trouble holding on to it. And, but we're not, i like not worried anymore at this point. I was like, Oh, they had it. Like, it's fine. He's probably just wiggling around. Cause you know, sometimes in prenatal appointments, they like babies move around. They're, they're kind of jerks. Um, <laughs> yeah, true, truth. <laughs> but anyway, we're there for probably, I mean, it feels like an eternity, I don't know, maybe an hour. And they're still not able to secure something. So we go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. The hospital is able to tell us within five minutes, like really within 30 seconds, we had to fill out paperwork. Um, they like put the ultrasound on and it was um I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And at that point, I I made I made her check again, like <laughs> because Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, no, sorry, no. Um, and then I couldn't understand why we weren't being like rush, I mean like Gray's anatomy was running through my head. I was like, well <laughs> slice me open and like put the little electrodes on. I mean do like Do something. Do something. Yeah. Um I mean, and there was, there was nothing to be done. And so we went home that night and came back the next afternoon. We like went home under the guise of trying to get some sleep before I'd have to deliver. um, Like that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and I just remember basically Shane and I were just like sobbing the whole night. Um, And we like, you have to remember we had Edith with us this whole time. Mm -hmm. So like my like two and a half year old was like along for this whole ride. And, Mm -hmm. um, she was a champion. So we got home around midnight and we'd had a friend come to the hospital, like to help pick her up and, and that. Um, and my parents drove down the next day. And um, basically when you have, if, if your baby dies in utero, um, so you're about to experience stillbirth, um, you can choose to let nature take its course and labor deliver. Um, but basically as soon as they pass, your body starts breaking things down. Um, and we wanted the opportunity to be able to like see our son as he would have been born. Um, and so they warn us like, you're like, you don't know what you're going to see because there's just no guarantee when it happened. And I'm like, well, no, it happened Monday. Like I can tell you what happened Monday. Um, so anyway, we were induced and very long labor. later, he was born the next morning. Um, totally beautiful nothing wrong other than the fact that he just his heart wasn't beating um and he looked just like his sister which was alarming (laughs) and comforting all at the same time um and we stayed in the hospital with him for several hours before we had to leave and that was probably the hardest part was leaving um because you walk out of that room and like you you leave your baby there And I was Mm -hmm. like, who's going to, who's going to watch him? Like, what do you, what do you, what, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. This fucking sucks. This fucking
1: sucks. Um, so that is, um, that's kind of like the start of the story of the next several weeks because we, because we transferred care to the hospital, um, We were no longer technically under the care of our our midwifery team. And my midwife was a dream. She stayed and acted as my doula through that whole labor, um, which was just a gift that, like, I don't think I could ever repay. Like, just just so incredible. Because she was able to basically tell, like, the nursing staff to stay the fuck away and stop trying to do cervical checks and, like, do all these things. Like, it was like, you don't need to monitor me. Like, (laughs) I'm fine this is not a happy ending. Like, um, but then after that, um, support kind of stopped and I don't necessarily mean from my midwife team, they were uh, there for me so much emotionally. And I, I, again, really appreciate that. But the, the physical care wasn't there. Like I had to ask for my six week appointment the hospital. Didn't really check in. Um, even though I had just given birth there. So there wasn't any of that like same follow-up that I feel like I would have gotten had I birthed a live baby. Mm. Um, and that's like, that <laughs> was like the start of me as somebody who's working in the birth world, not on like the medical side, but on the support side as like, something is very broken here.
0: a Huge hole missing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat>
1: And so, as the weeks went on, you know, our community showed up for us in ways that like we could not imagine. I mean, they just like people came out of the woodwork that um you know, we hadn't talked to in years and were just like offering support, sending food, money, uh offering childcare, like doing all of these wonderful things that really allowed us space to process and grieve, and that was incredible um, and then. I started like as a fitness person, I'm like, okay, it's been a couple of weeks. Like I'm ready to start moving again. Um, and I like opened up some postpartum recovery programming and every other day it was now take your baby on a baby wearing walk. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> no. Um, And I was looking into like grief resources or like resources for people who have experienced pregnancy loss and nobody was touching physical recovery. Um, There are lots of wonderful resources out there to talk about processing grief, which is so important, but very few will validate the fact that like you have carried a child for let's say you lost your baby at 15 weeks, right? Like you had a a miscarriage um, or a stillbirth, like your body has undergone so much physiological change um, on top of this emotional trauma that is lost. Like you need support in this area. And it just, it didn't exist. Um, So I made it exist.
0: Uh, (laughs) This is where we're both in (laughs) so awe of, uh of, it's so easy to see things that are missing, but it is incredible to watch somebody be like, well, I'm going to make it exist. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I just think as, as, as birth professionals, as, as people who say like, we're here to support you through motherhood, we're failing if we're not incorporating this part of motherhood because loss, like Miscarriage or or pregnancy loss of any kind impacts one in four pregnancies. One in four pregnancies will end in loss. That is not
2: a small number.
1: (laughs) No. And about 50 to 70% of those are earlier miscarriages, but still, those are still traumatic and physically taxing. It's not just a heavy period, guys. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we're told. Oh, it's just kind of like a heavy period. You might not even have noticed. Oh, gosh. I was like, well, since I had a chemical pregnancy earlier this year, which is where it's basically a pregnancy loss that occurs before uh, an ultrasound can um, confirm viability. So it's like right after implantation. Um, That was not just a heavy period. That also fucking sucked. Very different from stillbirth,
0: but... Still an experience that isn't... It's just now starting... I'm starting to see more people openly talk about what's happened to them because, like you said, that's a huge statistic, but statistically, I don't see as many people talking about it openly because it's it's a grieving process. It's a hard thing to discuss. And I think this is where, I love the way Cassie opened this, like, all right, buckle in people. Because <laughs> this, 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 this is so important. I mean, even in our intro, we talk about how we want to walk through the hard moments in life with you. And this is, this is one of them. And I think it's it's difficult to be in every spectrum of this. And the more conversation we have, the more healing can be had, the more resources that can be made, the more opportunities for us to walk through those hard moments of life together. I mean, I, I think like your free resource that you put out there that was like, it's the free resource, the shit is hard resource <laughs> on how to support someone after a pregnancy loss is so incredibly important because everyone grieves a little differently. And I know like, it's funny, like we're not super close friends. We're like close colleagues. You right. know what I mean? That's <laughs> how I view us. Yeah. And <clears throat> watching you go through this, I was like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what was appropriate because we weren't super close. Um, however, like we interacted all the time right. up until that point on a working level. And it was like, what a, how do I, like, if you were in my life personally, I would have been like, I would have come over and done your dishes and I would have come over and an <laughs> play with date. her tunis. My tunis would have been like <laughs> ravaging, like all of the situations in your life. Like, where's your, where's your lawn care? Where's your laundry? Where's your like dishes? I, I mean, I would have done all the things, but I'm like, I'm your colleague, man.
2: Like <laughs> let's be real.
0: Yeah. And I think having resources to be able to share with the world to be like, here's a simple guide. And I love that you included what not to do as well. (laughs) I love that it's (laughs) first, actually. That's what I love. Yes, I love that it's first. (laughs) And I love your language in here. Like, fool, babies are not like Pokemon. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Thank you for being so like, the language that you created in this is so poignant. And it's so appropriate. And it's so I think this is another form of healing for people. Like when you can express yourself emotionally through words and if some, and even if reading about it, it can be so healing. And I think your story is difficult for you to hash over and over and over again. And so I think there's just so much goodness coming out of this. And I'm so grateful, selfishly, that you have this out here because when you went through this, I was like, what do I do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think do, I mean you're not I alone do. in that. Yeah. You're not alone in that, which is why I created that guide. I mean, and and to touch on the language piece, I I was very intentional with naming, you know, I mean, the beginning of like the big program is called, Well, this fucking sucks. Like
0: clearly I can't think this, of a more appropriate phrase.
1: Well, but nobody else is using that. Like nobody else is just saying what this is. It's every, every grief book you open or program or email chain. And and I'm subscribed to them all and they all have their merits and they're all doing wonderful work. But if I get called dear one, one more time, I'm going to punch somebody. And so like, it just, it didn't resonate with me. And I figured I am, I can't possibly be the only one.
2: Nope. And
1: one of the most (laughs) popular books, again, wonderful resource, highly recommend, is called Empty Cradle, Broken Heart. And I was like, well, fuck you. Yeah. And at that point, I think I was eight weeks postpartum, and I was like, okay, if I write a book, it's going to be called, well, this Mm -hmm. fucking sucks. And And it's done. I mean,
2: like you can be making the best, most well-intentioned resources, but if you're calling it something that's literally going to just like, oh, let's just break your heart all over again with one fucking sentence before you even open the cover, like oh, that acknowledge so that shit, acknowledge what people are going through and yeah. be so real about it. And yeah. I feel like, I don't even know if I fully remember the first message I sent you, but I think I was just like, this is literally the worst fucking suckiest, shittiest thing that could have ever happened. And I'm so sorry. And I love you. Like, I just, cause I don't, there's really nothing, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> no.
1: And like what you said, cause I think you actually did say that. That's perfect like, and I keep it honest and you keep it simple. But I was so,
2: I was so scared to message you because, because of all of this. And so I remember like, even just before you started making this program, um, earlier this year, you just put out, you know, the question on Instagram to your following, like, Hey, you know, if you, what are your questions about what, what to do during when you have someone else who loses? an infant and goes through this themselves. And I remember you were like, holy crap, like the, the number of responses that you got. And it was all the same questions. And you were like, okay, I need to create a companion guide for this. That's going to tell people how to talk to people, how to be there for them. Like, I think this is so impactful. And obviously this piece of the guide resonates with me so much because I haven't been through it directly myself. Um, But it's definitely one of those things, like even being your friend, I was just like, I don't know, like, where's the line? What to do? Here we go. We're just going to try some things and see how they go. Um, so I think this is just going to be absolutely incredible to have. And it's it still sucks that th- this experience is what inspire you to create this program. Um, let's not call it, like, this beautiful thing that's coming out of this terrible, tragic thing. It's all just shitty. Um, and I, I think... The language in the guide, like, just fully represents how everybody's feeling in it, and I'm really glad that you're not afraid to cuss and just be so. (laughs) There's a reason why we cuss on this podcast. Like, you know, you guys all know Cassie is the resident sailor mouth in this group, but (laughs) I, I'm not trying to hold back from being absolutely real. And if I'm censoring myself, like, that's not a time to feel like you need to be censoring yourself. And acknowledging all of that. So can I, can um, I tell you about a
0: perspective on this that I thought was interesting? Go. So I was sharing this free, free resource with, um, an older friend of mine <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> see, I think they're all laughing cause I think they know where we're going to go with this. And, um, and, and the thing is, is that I know this woman, she's, she swears, she's got this sailor's mouth on her own and she, and so well, I was like, I, I knew that she was going like to like, accept it and love it. And she goes, wow, is, did, is she worried about like alienating a, a population of people? And I was like, nope. And I was like, I'll tell you why. Because I don't know a single person on this planet that doesn't swear, at least in the privacy of their home. <laughs> And I mean, this is a very private matter. Like, this is going to speak to the intensity and the suck, the real suck of what this is. On, I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you're, like, you never sworn in. You stub your toe or you cut your finger, you're going to sure. swear. Okay. And so I'm like, anyway, so it was, it was really fun to have that conversation with somebody that was like in an older generation that where it wasn't appropriate for them to have that kind of language in written word. Whereas now it's so real. It's so authentic. It's so, you're going through something hard. We're going to be real and authentic. And, and she was like, okay, cool. And I knew she appreciated it. So that's how I feel about this. I, love <laughs> I think it. it's fantastic. Well, and I always thought,
1: you know, if, if it's really that off-putting, then I am not the resource for them. Um, There's I mean, it's not, like, <laughs> it's not They're like, not you open, <laughs>
0: it's
1: not like you open the workout program and it says do five fucking squats. Like, <laughs> I mean, we could change that. That'd be kind of rad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's not like you're inundated with it, yeah. but I definitely try and keep the, um, and it's one of the reasons why I I included it pretty intentionally in the free portions too, because I was like, you're going to, you're going to see this language in the paid program. I I Um, mean,
0: a well-placed F word has real, like, mm, realness to it. Like, (laughs) real,
2: real. (laughs) okay, well, let's, I mean, listen, I'm not a
0: super swearing person, (laughs)
2: Liz, will you tell us more about the two companion guides that you made or the companion guide and then the kind of the intro guide that you made? Um, obviously, we'll link to where you guys can find those um, and then kind of go into a little bit more detail about the actual program and why it exists outside yeah. of just the, the loss that you've experienced and kind of the things along the way that popped up that you're like, oh, we need this and we need this.
1: Um, yeah. So the first one, the companion guide, um, the, the, this shit is hard. <laughs> and that one is specifically for helping those in a support role. So friends, family, colleagues, like you don't need to wait until somebody is going through this to have this guide. And, um, that one starts with, it starts off with a little, like, don't say this shit. <laughs>
0: like, a perfect way to start.
1: Um, because that was one of the things that the biggest questions that we got was like, I don't know what to say, or I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. And lots of people said the wrong thing. Um, but again, it's, it's never coming from a place of malice. Um, but
0: I love you, but I want to punch you right now.
1: Yeah. It (laughs) does really hurt when you say, Oh, well, at least you have Edith.
0: Like that just makes me uh,
1: right. And again, they weren't a parent. um, I hadn't seen them in years. And they're like, wow, well, at least you have Edith. And I was like, Mm, nope, nope, nope,
2: (laughs) nope.
1: Or at least, you know, you can get pregnant. Um, And I have to be really honest. um, I was working with a friend who was trying to get pregnant and was having a hard time getting pregnant. And she got pregnant and then had a really early miscarriage. And I said that to her. I said, wow, at least you can get pregnant. And I said it after like saying all the like, this totally sucks, pieces. And this was a couple years ago. But now going through this own experience, I was like,
2: fuck. Like,
1: <laughs> period. <laughs> period. <laughs> like, that was such a shitty and minimizing thing to say. Um, and I, like, carry that with me every day. Like, ugh.
0: um, I hate that feeling of looking back and, like, like I, I wouldn't have.
1: Yeah, I failed
0: her in that moment. But that's Um, where I go. I go to silence because I hate that feeling so much. Like I, like it plays replays over and over in my head of like, why did I say that to them? I know better, or I feel like I should have known better. But I think that's why this is so incredibly important because I think that that's, I mean, how many people in your life have you still not heard from that you expected would have said something because they're great human beings, but they just don't know what to say. Yeah. Lots. and
1: that's, that causes some anxiety on our end because, um, especially during those first few months is like, you're running into people at the grocery store and you're like, oh, do they know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're are they acting like ask, they know. <laughs> I know. Are they going to ask like, where's the baby? Are they going to say like, they're going to, because you, it's especially people you don't run into on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and that was, it's like, so if you don't know what to say, still reach out and say, I don't know what to say. <laughs> But I'm sorry and I'm here for you. I think that is better than being silent.
0: When I love the first thing, well, actually, before you even get to the like, here, this is what things you can do, Mm -hmm. you say, keep it honest and simple in huge letters. And it's like, if you can keep that as your like underlying guide of just be honest and simple, because let's face it, what you're going through is like super complex, like simple things to digest of just this blows. I love you. Period. Period. Done. Yeah
1: that's it (sighs) Um, and then other other things in that guide are just you know really simple way like things to keep in mind and things you like ways you can actually help so like supporting the whole family is one of of my favorite tips in there because I think it's important to remember that it's not just the birthing person that is grieving the loss of the baby
2: Mm -hmm. yes
1: Shane needed probably far more support than what he got um, yeah. everyone would check in on me, but not a lot of people would check in on him. Yeah. Um, like Edith also needs support, like bereaved siblings. If there are other siblings. And so like the whole family is grieving. My parents totally grieving. Uh, my siblings, you know, like everyone is grieving somebody and everyone has a story or a piece of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just keeping that, keeping that in mind.
0: And I love that there's, this thing's only seven pages long. It's like. But it's so <laughs> on point though, like every single page, you've even got links in the back and that are like, here's some resources that are thinking great. And I, I just, I love that you are thinking about the whole situation of not to say, to say, here's some resources, boom, simple yeah. period. <laughs> so and we have
1: a, we have an expanded version of it, um, mm. that is coming out with the program and it's also going to be available separately too. Love it. Um, that's about twice as long but it has more like here are some checklists here are some forms to fill out so you get the details right like details matter how you spell the baby's name matters
0: yeah
1: um we got a lot of cards offering condolences on our the loss of our baby girl oh god i'm like wait what like from people who should have known yeah
0: Tell me, tell me a little bit about that process of like the, the constant interaction of the same phrase over and over again.
1: Right. That, that you are brave. Um, and I think especially as I've started to release the program, I hear that a lot more like, Oh my gosh, you're so brave. And I, again, appreciate the sentiment behind the phrase, but, um, bravery to me implies a choice. Like we have a choice every day to be brave, right. In our interactions in choosing something that is difficult to do or, you know, worthwhile. But I don't think as a lost mom, I'm brave because I didn't choose this. Yeah. Like this is not, if I had a choice in the matter, I would be holding a really adorable chubby fat, almost one year old in my hand. And we would be talking about something totally different. Like, I don't know how the hell do you manage two kids? Um, <laughs> And, like, life would look totally different. So, like, I I don't think lost parents are brave. I think that, like, we do exactly what we have to do um, because we have no other choice. Um, And then even from the other side is, like, you know, as somebody who specializes in helping mothers, I don't think I'm necessarily brave in putting out this program because I feel like we as a community are failing this part of motherhood. So there, again, there isn't a choice. This has to be out there.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that just speaks to like how dedicated you are to changing the paradigm in this, in this process for people who are going through it because it's, it's what exists is not okay. And you're like, Hey, during this period of time, like lost mama's Dad's like you're in a place where you might feel voiceless like and someone's got to give that a voice other than the person going through it currently anyway Um, or in the thick of it in the very beginning and help that along. I think one of the things like, I mean, I just really like speaks to my eightness. <laughs> we just dig into the Enneagram all day, every day over here. Um, <laughs> I just, I think one of the things that touches me the most about you creating this and like just stepping away from that concept of brave, it's like, there is a need. We're going to go fill it because this is not fucking okay. No, It's just straight not okay that, that this is the way that the world works after loss and i think one of the things that's floored me the most is learning about the lack of physical care for for moms after a loss. Yeah. um i think the lack of emotional and um just support in general or knowing how to do that like that doesn't really surprise me but i think the physical care piece is something i had just never thought about myself. Right. and it's something that makes me super fiery and So I, like, we have a few questions kind of regarding that, like, physical recovery for you that um, people have asked. And so one of the things that someone asked was, um, what are your recommendations for, like, group or rehab fitness? Do they, and I was like, hmm, I don't, I bet that doesn't even exist. And I know fitness is part of the program that you're launching. So if you want to touch on that, I would Mm. love
1: for you to. Yeah, um, I don't know of a program, like an in-person program that is specific for, um, women who've experienced loss. I guess the, one of the biggest things that I would encourage people to understand if they've experienced loss, or if you're a coach that's supporting someone through loss is that they are still postpartum. Um, if you've ever peed on a stick and gotten a positive pregnancy test and you don't have a baby to prove it, you are still postpartum, (laughs) right? This, this is still, um, you still need that intentional recovery. Now, intentional recovery is going to look different for somebody who experienced pregnancy loss at 14 weeks versus 39 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's equally important. Um, So that's why we have that in the the program. So we have a 14-week intentional recovery workout program. And so it's progressive. So it builds as week goes on. So it's geared towards somebody who's maybe experienced loss in the last couple weeks and they've found the program, thank God, and that they can start incorporating this intentional recovery in um, into those spaces.
2: Is there a community aspect to the program?
1: There is not at this time. Um, but there are lots of resources so you can connect with local communities um, because There are lots of good support groups for people who have experienced loss um, and they're usually like local chapters Um, and there is good online support groups as well. So that's not necessarily a component of it right now.
0: Have you found those to be uh, inclusive um, enough communities where you felt emotionally supported?
1: Um, I dipped my toes into support groups and found that it wasn't a good fit for me personally. um, I actually have found the most support by connecting with other people who've experienced loss via Instagram. And Mm -hmm. so like just hearing their stories and also seeing how they're going about their daily lives, where it's not like the conversation is not entirely around loss. So I think that's something that is really tricky because This is a huge part of my story, but it is not my story, right? Do do you Mm -hmm. understand the difference? Like, this is like, this does not define me. It is a piece of me, and it is a piece of me that I am weirdly proud of because it's my son, right? Like, this is like, this is a part of me. Um, But my whole story and his whole existence does not need to be summed up in this really shitty ending. And so, being able to connect with people who are moving in that similar world where like they can show up with joy and also be fully in their grief because it's allowed to be both. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's something I, when I talk to, I've been working with several moms because this, you know, as word gets out, they slide into your DMS. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> different kind of sliding into a DM different right different there. sliding in, but, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and I'm so thankful to connect with them. But we have this conversation where it's like, I feel weird being happy. it's like, it's okay to be happy. It doesn't mean that you love your baby any less or that you are grieving your loss any less. We are complex, multifaceted human beings. Mm -hmm. It can be both. You can be super fucking pissed and super joyful all at the same time.
0: Ah, the complexities of the human emotion. (laughs) Yeah. I find that the hardest part about grieving is Kind of defining what's happening and being okay with completely contradicting feelings. <laughs> that's the oddest feeling ever to have all these things that are just so contradictory and being like, "Well, here we are, roller coaster of fun, <laughs> up down, up down, roundabout." And I, I think that that's part of the reason why this is so important is that, like you were saying, that these these conversations that happen DMs are super important, and it turns into well. I I think that's why having something that's like a public platform or something like this that can be shared even privately, like having a guide like this, I, I can't, I can't even like, I can't wait to see the program. Like not only do you make beautiful crap, but, like, seriously, the stuff you make is so beautiful. What she means is beautiful shit. That's what beautiful she means. shit. Oh, sorry. I default to crap because that's just where – I mean, well, when you have two Mama kids, hood. you're trying
2: to make sure they don't repeat everything you say. You default to crap. Yeah, shit. I'm already, like, there's already things being repeated out of little man's mouth that I'm like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're all my fault. <laughs> um, another, oh, a lot of frickin' lot crap. Oh, yes. <laughs> another question that we got was um, – as a, someone in the support team, maybe, and/or just in the friend group, like, how do you make a mom feel? This was asked by a practitioner, by the way. Mm-hmm. How do you make a mom feel very heard and seen, but not also drawn unwanted attention in a group setting? Um, I'm sure the answer is pretty simple: just pulling them aside.
1: But, yeah, I mean, you could pull them aside, but I think I think it's just acknowledging the fact that they're still a parent. Um, if that if that's where that question is is if that's what that question is asking about um like they, their just experience of motherhood is different um but yeah pulling them aside connecting with them on those like important holidays and anniversaries and really like this isn't i feel like we make it so complicated but it's it's you do the same things for them that you would do for any new mom so mm-hmm. When you text a new mom on Mother's Day, be like, Oh my gosh, happy mother, happy Mother's Day. This is so exciting. You text a lost mom and say, Hey, I know today might be hard for you, and I'm thinking of you.
2: Period. Period. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> this is a shitty day. It's a beautiful yeah. day, but it's also a shitty day.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't have to be this overcomplicated, you know, we don't have to be like, Sending meals for six years, right? We don't have to do dishes all the time, though. Please come do my dishes.
2: At any I was time. like, <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> but those
1: little messages, those little messages go, they go so far, and they're free, and you can do them from across the country. Mm-hmm. You can send them to people you haven't talked to in years. You know, they, they're there.
2: Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, we also have another listener question on. Um, how has it been for you handling Mother's Day and holidays after miscarriage and infant loss? Um, You haven't haven't had the full spectrum of days yet. We still have one more, but Uh, uh, (laughs) the shittiest of all.
1: So shitty. I think way harder than I set myself up for. Mm. Um, So Elliot was born on Halloween, which means we walked right into the holiday season. Um, and we stayed home. Like we just like, I have a really awesome family. I have a really fun family. I'm one of those people. Like I'm very lucky.
0: Um, one of those people.
1: And so like, (laughs) I really like going to holidays. Like I love going to big family events and I couldn't do it. Like I
2: just,
1: I couldn't be there. Um,
2: schedule and then cancel. Like, did you try to sign up for those things or did you give yourself the space?
1: So at Thanksgiving, I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, I was like, nope, bye. And we did Thanksgiving dinner at home with um, the three of us. And then we had like a couple friends over for pie and games. And that was perfect. Um, Christmas, we went up with the intention of staying for a couple days, left the same day. Um, And then looking ahead to like the spring and Mother's Day and Father's Day and all that stuff. That's when we started doing the "I'll be there" and then canceling last Minute mm-hmm. uh, because it just like the anxiety would take over, and the weight of the day would take over, and it was just I think now knowing what I know now is like this time, like I need a lot more space and a lot more grace, i guess um around those, like where i'm it's not even really holidays, it's like sometimes you know what guys. I am not going to be able to show up and I need that to be okay because it's not like mother's day is the only day that's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's like that random cold Tuesday where I saw that thing that reminded me of that other thing that led me on this path to whatever. And you just don't know when that stuff is going to sneak up and grab you. My mom would describe grief as like a sneaker wave. Like it would just reach up behind you and grab you. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: you just like be like you, you catch your breath and, um, you just don't know how you're going to process those days. Um, and I know this isn't, this is not necessarily unique to infant loss. It's any kind of loss. Yeah. Hence the bawling
2: that's happening over
0: here. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think that it's important to, that we're labeling this grief because uh, in, in my state, I've, I've never experienced loss on this level. But there's something about experiencing loss or experiencing the loss of something, um, a relationship, um, a person, that that sneaker wave that you were talking about, that trigger that just like slaps you in the face is not easy to quantify. It's not easy to qualify. It, it literally, like you said, that sneaker part of it, it's so sneaky and it just smacks you. And I I think something else that you would written in there on your free guide was about um, continuing to showing up for people. But I also feel like I need those people in my life when I'm going through those moments that will give me that space to cancel, give me that space. I I recently had a friend the other day who is going through a hard time and um, she has another friend in her life who is like, doesn't understand. And He's d- not giving her that space that she needs. And it just makes me so upset. <laughs> like, I'm just like, wait,
2: what? will what well you- mama bear that shit and be like, yeah. What? <laughs> what? Give- I think honestly, like, I mean, I'm really emotional today because this is the, gosh, um, seven-year anniversary of my dad's death today. Um, and one of the things that you and I talked about after Elliot passed was... Just how quiet things get. Um, the support comes flooding in at first, and it's meals and it's dishes and it's everything, right? It's money, it's whatever. So much support, and it's incredible, and it doesn't take away from that. But man, when it starts to get quiet, that's when it gets really hard. Yeah.
1: It gets really hard. Know, like
0: you had those in the background. That was the first thing Cassie did with all of us colleagues. Yeah. Like, all right, guys week four five and six we're gonna reconnoiter <laughs> and we're gonna figure out what the plan is and we were like all right we got this like like it's it's wonderful to have people in your life that understand that yeah
2: yeah, yeah. but let me just say like I wish I didn't <laughs> you know yeah right 100%. this, fucking sucks. this I fucking sucks I wish I didn't um <laughs> yes so anyways and obviously that level of losses it's it's so different and not there's no comparison um but I will say like on that note, what are some things, and I'm sure you included this in the guide, so whatever level of detail you want to go um, that people can do outside of just acknowledging, you know, on on the, on the obviously tough days, Mother's Day, mm-hmm. holidays, things like that. Um, what are some things we can kind of do down the line when everything gets quiet to continue to support?
1: I think reaching out on... Um those holidays is is really important. And we had one mama who expressed like how much it meant when people would like say like, wow, you're such a good mom um, to Max and Nicholas. And Nicholas is her son that passed. You know, so just like acknowledging that. Or I'll get messages every now and again like, Hey, I was thinking about you and Elliot today. And like again, period. Like period. That's that's just it's because I think the biggest fear that loss parents have, and I guess I'm making a very sweeping generalization is that our babies are going to be forgotten.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Because we're the only ones that carried them. Right. And like Shane and Edie have a relationship with them, but I had the most intimate Mm -hmm. Um, and that their existence somehow doesn't count or didn't matter or, isn't substantial. And like, I know that not to be true. Um, but I think that's also just part of my like personality. But I think if if, if I was in a less supportive environment, um, that could be really hard to grapple with.
2: Yeah. And I, I think from the support side, it's hard to know if acknowledging that life outwardly, verbally, you know, saying like, your your child's name, like, does that does that make it worse or does it help? You know, and I think that's the question that we kind of all yeah. wrestle with. Um,
1: I, I think you can ask. Yeah. Right? So yeah, for me,
2: probably changes, right?
1: Probably changes, and it's and it's going to be different because when we're talking about loss, I think we really need to be, um, honest about some some loss, like people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, so I dive into this a little bit, like I, I touch on it in the expanded companion guide about like what different types of loss are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some types that, you know, maybe that whole situation was traumatic and they don't want to talk about it.
0: And that's going to okay. take time
1: or it's going to take time. You can show up and be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Or like, you can ask, like, is this something that you want to talk about?
0: Asking permission, absolutely. Asking permission.
1: I think that that's really important.
2: Um. Yeah. I, I think a lot of what I've tried to lean into over the years of having friends that have gone through some variation of miscarriage, pregnancy loss, that kind of thing, um, is just like leaning into like their language. <laughs> so sure. if they're talking about it, I'm like, okay, they're probably okay with me saying their child's name or... Um, anything in that capacity. But I think just ask. I love that. Um, okay. Uh, on to a couple more questions about like the physical side. Yep. Um, what were some of the biggest struggles that you had physically during this particular postpartum period, like after loss?
1: Um, the The leaky day was so fucking hard. Um and the leaky day for those that don't know what that is or maybe don't remember because we all block it out because it's terrible regardless. <laughs> is um this day three to four days postpartum um where your hormones are just shot to shit. They've plummeted. Um, so you're leaking from your eyeballs. You're crying. Um, you're bleeding, postpartum bleeding Lokia is happening um, and your milk comes in. So everything is a sticky, sweaty, hot mess, including like your emotions. Um, so <laughs> that that's, like, just like a, <laughs> that's a normal postpartum experience.
0: Yeah.
1: So adding the trauma of grief on top of that mm-hmm. is really, um, intense. Um, and then I chose to pump, um, Breast milk, because this is the thing: is like when you experience loss, especially if it's a stillbirth, and stillbirth is anything that's after that twenty-week gestation point. Um, your milk will most likely come in, and the level of grief and trauma will impact that supply, but it will come in, and so you have to. Ad- you had something that you have to address. You have to make uh, a choice. Yeah, you have to make a choice, and. Biologically, again, not a lactation consultant, but you have to make that choice pretty early on. So I remember texting my sister in law, I mean, maybe hours after I got home from the hospital. Um, and I was like, do you, do you want this milk? She had twin boys that were six or eight weeks old at that point. Um, and yeah. I was like, I will pump for you guys for as long as I can. And um, I didn't know what that meant uh, time, timing wise, but I will do this. But if you don't want it, I'm not going to do this because all this yeah. be terrible. was um, <laughs> yeah. terrible.
2: Yeah.
1: Terrible. Um, but it was also something that I chose to do because it, it was very healing for me. Um, and I don't want to say it was assigning a purpose to loss because that is definitely not the case. But I was like, if, this can nurture some other piece of my family, then what a gift to come out of this shitstorm. Um, And so pumping, pumping was really, really hard. And I was really lucky to have um, a wonderful lactation consultant come over to the house because, again, these are still professionals. Like your postpartum support team will look almost identical as if you were bringing home a baby. And I think it's important for moms and like friends and family to understand that. So helping them get connected with these professionals, understanding that they still need this support, um, because even if you're trying to stop supply, it's not like you just ignore it. Like that's like yeah. infection city. Like there are things to that's there are things you can do.
0: Yeah. Can I ask some specific questions about what that was like in yeah. pumping? And I. I I can only had the pumping as (laughs) I, the hand gestures I just did were kind of funny. Um, (laughs) It's not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Pumping is not like the hand gesture I just gave. Um, (laughs) um, When, so my son, Paxton, he had surgery at three months. And so there was this time period where I was pumping uh, because we had to monitor exactly how much he was getting. And my gosh, trying to pump through trauma. Ugh. Can we have a conversation about that? Like I, whoa. Um, I needed all the ice packs for my boobs. Like I was like, what was that process like for you? Like for me, it was my, I could not get my milk to come down sometimes. Like no matter, like oh my, and it hurt so much. <laughs> and I'm just like, is, what, kind of, what kind of process was like that for you? Or did you find anything helpful during that time? I think, um, I mean, our situations
1: are, are a little different, right? Oh, yes. Because like yes. you you to the added pressure of, I need to produce enough milk for Paxton. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. like everything that I was pumping was bonus. Yeah. Um, and it, allowing myself to arrive at that mindset was I think a big saving grace mindset. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well just being like, this is bonus. It is okay. Because I was also carrying the trauma of having to do power pumping when I had Edie. So I would like nurse her pump for 20 minutes, nurse her pump again. Like, I mean, it was just, I was, a, I was attached to a pump and a baby mm-hmm. all through my first postpartum experience. And yeah. that like stress I realized was coming in to this. And it's like, okay, this doesn't need to be here. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this for as long as I feel sane. And that ended up being a little over two months. Mm. Um, and then, but I mean, and even just the like comfort measures of like heat packs to encourage flow and, making sure that I was watching something like really distracting on TV. So I watched a lot of cooking shows. <laughs> cooking? Okay. Is this why so
2: many good recipes came on your website after that? <laughs>
1: yeah, so many things. I was like, okay,
2: yes. You guys, if you haven't checked out LizWintersWellness.com for all the yummy recipes, you crazy. I, I particularly frank. love your fall stuff. So, Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so good. Okay. Anyways. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Happy
1: distraction. I think but I think again finding those happy distractions and like I remember reaching out to friends like via the Instagram I was like very quiet on social media but you'd like see these little posts for me come it was like who has Netflix recommendations that aren't gonna make me cry and it would be like cooking shows and I was like that's brilliant yeah so it's like watches and I think I include that in the guide for um Moms who have just experienced losses like here are safe Netflix shows. So oh,
2: that's wonderful. Watch oh, Parks and
1: Rec up to season five before Anne gets pregnant. You can watch oh, um, God. you know, The Office up through season six or whatever. I mean, I'm making these seasons up right now.
0: Sure. That's Anne, perfect though. But having that kind of stuff in there definitely giving helps. them that space. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. My dear last official question we have for you is, has anything, which I know things have um, surprised you about how other people have responded to your loss? I think
1: just for loss being so common, people not knowing what to do Mm -hmm. and not knowing how to approach it. Um, and also just really understanding that everyone has a story. So everyone is carrying that grief a little bit differently. Mm. Um, so like my story is going to be triggering for some, for a variety of reasons. Um, and so how they're going to show up is, and be able to show up in a way,
2: um, going to be different. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, I've had other people in my life experience loss during pregnancy at varying times. Um, But I was very young when it happened and it wasn't like a big part of my periphery. And I wasn't old enough to really be in that support care team. Um, So you were like the most recent and also like the only person present in my adult life who had experienced that. And I remember being just so slapped in the face with exactly that, just like not knowing what to say or do. Paralyzing. I felt, yeah. And, not, and it doesn't, you know, it's neither here nor there. But I, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. So I just want to reiterate what you said is that you don't need to wait until someone in your life has experienced this loss To grab this guide, if you are a fucking human being, please go download this guide. (laughs) Like, please. Um, I wish I had known what you've taught me, and you've been so wonderful and open throughout this whole period, and answering my questions of like, how does it feel if I say this, or you know, what's the best way to support you in this, and um, and I think there's a few things that you say in that guide in the sense of like don't do the whole like, I'm here if you need me or whatever, because they're not going to ask for help. And I think just how open you've been through this process was just inspiring to me alone because I was like, okay, I have to learn from this. I need to evolve from this and be a better friend the next time. Because unfortunately there will be a fucking next time for someone in my life. Could be me. And I want to know how to deal with that. So I just like, <laughs> I feel like this is like a human rights issue. I'm like, you guys <laughs> get educated on this. Her eight, this is coming out so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, and that's just, that's all I'll say. Like, I just, I wish I had known a, even just a slice of what I know today. And uh, just to be totally upfront and honest, like you have taught me all of that.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. I think, I mean, our community showed up for us so much and so well. And in being connected to other parents who were walking through the same thing, yeah, for their version of it, um, who weren't getting that support, I was like, "This is criminal! Like, this doesn't make any sense to me." So this is, I think, in some like minuscule way, paying it forward, right? Like making sure that, like my, like my, our community, like I. We never sent thank you notes because I'm terrible at it. So this is my thank you note. Well, also,
2: I feel like it should be expected that you're not sending thank you notes. Like, that's yeah. another thing. Can you include that? In the guide? Don't expect a thank you yeah. note for your no, it's a thank you note. Just give me an expect can. acknowledgement. Just no, know, nope. it
0: as is. It is. Don't need yeah. it. Yeah. But that's also
2: again, my anus because I don't expect, I actually, the acknowledgement kind of makes me uncomfortable. So don't send me thank you notes. <laughs> <guys. laughs> uh, I really honestly when I get thank you notes in the mail it makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, thank you. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So let's take a minute and talk to the person who has experienced this loss. You have two resources for them. You have the, um, the free guide, that you've offered up, which again, you guys, we will link in the show notes for you. Um, But tell us more detail about what they're going to see in the program, who it's for. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Um, So I would say this program is for people who've experienced loss, Um, but I think it's important to distinguish that this The language in the program, well, the programming is like the actual physical programming is appropriate for anybody who's experienced loss. The language I'm using in this program is specific for those where this was a wanted pregnancy. And I think that that's an important distinction. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I am very much in support of people's right to choose what happens with their bodies, what happens with those pregnancies. Um, But the way that we talk about pregnancy and loss within the program this is definitely geared towards somebody who like was excited to be pregnant and ready to like and was excited to bring a baby home um and i think that that is a, an important distinction um and beyond that it's really for for people who want to move and feel better in their body and really learn to trust it again um because i think as someone who has experienced loss I was real pissed at my body Um, and I felt very betrayed because this is like, like we've worked together for a long time and um, something went wrong. And so I blamed my body and it took a while for me to get to the point where I was like, okay, we need to build this trust back up. Um, And part of that is embracing the fact that you are postpartum and you are worthy and deserve and deserving of care. Um, even though you had a really shitty outcome and where it has nutrition support to really provide energy to get through the day when like grief keeps like, I don't know, I feel like grief just kind of pulls you down all the time. Um, and then there is a big section for coping and calming techniques so you can actually rest. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, So we've got a a huge section with like grounding exercises. So like things to take you out of the oh shit spiral when you're way up here up in the sky and bring you back down to the present moment. So when you feel like you're spiraling into the flashbacks that come with PTSD and the the what ifs, like, oh, if I had only, if I had noticed this, if I had, you know, all of those things. Um, Okay. We can't do anything about those like let's bring it back into that present moment. So we've got a lot of that as well.
0: I love the tangible efforts in this. I think that's like a huge thing that, um, can be missing in those holes. Like you were saying, like those tangible, like now what?
1: Like now what? Exactly. And that's, that's yeah. what the, the free guide has is like, this is the, it's called what the fuck do I do now?
2: <laughs> appropriate appropriate and it's like really
1: like okay here are like the five areas that i want you to focus on like really intentional movement and that's going to be really slow so it includes like i think it's literally a four minute movement sequence that you get to do in your bed i video it me like of me in my bed doing this movement sequence i love
2: that I love that so much <laughs> i gotta tell you who's gonna be getting of out of bed Yeah. And nobody's trying to
1: get out of bed. You can do this while you watch the office. It's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This kind of tangible, like step things to like focus on, um, like that speaks really hard to my three wing. Like when
1: as a three, I get that. (laughs) Yes, you do. Right.
0: Like, okay. Because sometimes I just need somebody to just tell me what to do when, when I, my mind can't really like handle, like when somebody gives me tangible things to do, I'm like, okay, I will do like, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. I can do this. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I think that's where I wanted it to be really actionable. So there's definitely like, you can take what you want from this program and leave the rest. So if you are literally just there for the workout plan, awesome. There's 14 weeks of workouts. Go for it. If you're just there for the myriad of other resources, like you don't want to touch, like I have a whole, I have a section on lactation after loss and how, like how to get connected with um, a lactation consultant and things to consider, things to keep in mind, questions to ask, all that. But maybe that doesn't speak to you. Maybe your loss was six months ago and that like that ship has sailed. So you're like, fuck it, I don't need that. Um, so like, there's there's lots of resources here. There's something for really at any point. So you could pick up this program and be a year out and just really, again, you're trying to reconnect with that body.
0: This this could be really helpful. So it tell us, how do we find this? How do we get
2: it? Where do we get it? That's a great question. (laughs) Just a reminder, (laughs) this doesn't air for two weeks, so it'll be ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, You can find it on my website, lizwinterswellness.com slash postpartum-recovery-after-loss. Wow,
0: she knows what the things are. I'd just be like, go to my website. Just go to my website. Yeah, (laughs) click programs. Click programs, yeah, yeah. So if you just go to the homepage, click programs, it'll drop down there. I just searched Liz Winters. Oh, look at that. Do I come up? Yes, you did. Oh,
2: you <laughs> yeah, Google. Yeah. It was one no. of in
0: my life. <laughs> uh, I think it was second next to Facebook. <laughs> so, love, love, I, love, love. I feel like I could talk about this for much longer, which kind of surprised me because I was a little concerned about how I was going to be able to show up for this because I, yeah. I, I was that person that was like, oh. Like, ah, through this whole thing. But I was like, all right, okay, we're going to, we're going to, this is why I have a podcast. This is why Cassie and I do this together. Like we're going through the hard moments of life with you. Ugh. So I was, I, thank you so much for making this a big part of your day. Like you a big
2: day. Okay. <laughs> this is launch. She's taking the time to talk to us on launch day. Yeah. We are like, she's not going to talk to us today. And I was like, maybe she will. <laughs> <laughs> will. <Farewell. laughs> Well, I just have to say, like, we'll avoid the word brave. (laughs) You're a fucking badass. Yeah. Just in general. And I am just really grateful that a human like you created a guide like this. Because for me, I know if I was going through something like that, I would just frankly want someone to tell me, like, this fucking sucks. Like, it just sucks. Because it just... Does, it just does, does. <laughs> so. Um, I'm so excited to see this come to fruition and have people um, have so much support and just really change the paradigm in this whole postpartum industry. Because I think you're going to start a freaking movement here, um, which we're all here for. So it's a snowball, baby. It's going to yeah. get bigger. Tell us all the best ways to find you, Miss Liz.
1: Uh, I am most active on the Instagrams. So you can find me at Liz Winters Wellness. Um, and then my website, LizWintersWellness.com. Those are the best ways.
2: To She's Liz Winters Wellness everywhere. I'm Liz Winters Wellness.
0: L-W-W? L-W-W. L- I was going to say
2: it's dub dub l L-Dub-Dub all right you guys well thank you for joining us today we know this was a a heavy but an absolutely necessary conversation to have here and we're just so grateful for liz thanks for taking the time thank you so much for having me guys
0: thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio you can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our instagram you can ask us anything we love to get to know you guys Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next
2: episode.